All right, y'all, we are so excited for tonight's recording. We are joined by an absolutely lovely guest and good friend, Erin, who is a senior loan officer. And she's going to be sharing all kinds of good information for us. And welcome to Vaginians. Yeah, I'm Becca. I'm Jules. <laughs> I'm Maggie. I'm Taylor. Okay, questions that we ask everybody. We should okay. finally get okay, to that. Okay, okay. Two and a half hours in. <laughs> Tell us about your relationship with money over your life. I hate it. I fucking hate money so much. Doesn't matter if I've got lots of it or none of it. I hate it just the same. Cash is trash. Cash is trash. It stresses me out. Having too much stresses me out. Not having enough stresses me out. What to do with it stresses me out. What not to do with it stresses me out. I hate money. Is is there like a, a formative money experience? Probably because I grew up so this? fucking poor. I think if we want to like dig into that, I grew up poor. I mean, not poor to standards poor, but like my mom was a nurse on the week, a lab tech on the weekends, Rudy Kay, and then dad worked at the Army Corps. And when I saw his W two from like the nineties, y'all, he was supporting three kids, my mother a house payment on less than $60,000 at one point. And then I remember when he got laid off, I was in third grade and I was so excited because he had this new interview with Camp Dresser McKee, which he cannot believe I still remember. But I remember that feeling of insecurity when dad got laid off. And I mean, I'm just a busybody anyways. And I need to, I guess, stress myself out. So in third mm-hmm. grade, I was like, okay, what are the things that I can sell? And, like, can I secretly call my granny? She'll help us. And just really being stressed out and embarrassed and worried for my dad because he's got two PhDs, so many degrees, and thinking how it's not fair. And, you know, he was always overqualified and Reed K going back to work more. And it only lasted for, you know, two or three months, but it felt like it was like years. And so, I hate money and he's always been so tight with money. I they wouldn't he wouldn't let me buy a varsity cheerleading jacket because it was like $150. I'm like, "Dad, I'm in cheerleading." So my granny bought it for me. My granny bought my cheerleading uniforms for me. She bought me my first real pair of Jabos. I had one and they were they were green. And I never I never had as enough as much as my friends my house was always like the smallest and our cars were always from the 70s in fact bob dad's buick is a 92 buick with two different color doors (laughs) the door cost more than the vehicle oh boy (laughs) the door was legitimately 400 dollars, and the vehicle is valued at 100 so that sort of weirdness Mm -hmm. which i guess made me scrappy and gave character building makes me stressed about money all the time is that weird is that a thing no i think that's very reasonable (laughs) yeah i mean going to the day old bread store oh why can't we just get bread from kroger i don't want to have to eat the crusty bread and but still when he was employed we would still go to the day old bread and we would still have to split our mcmuffins on the weekends and we couldn't buy the Cokes at grocery store. I mean, at the grocery store. Or if we ordered, you know, the one time we could go to like on Saturdays, we'd go to McDonald's. We weren't allowed to get the Cokes there. 
you had to go home and you had to get your juice or your water. So it's like stuff like that where now I can drive through McDonald's and Carrick's like, Mom, can I have a flurry? I'm like, and a Coke? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got both. We and, have made it. <laughs> yeah. And I don't have to like MacGyver a Happy Meal. You can have this a Happy Meal. The height of luxury. Yeah. With <laughs> handles. Anything you want off the McDonald's menu. <laughs> that shit goes through my head. I'm yeah. like, Carrick's uh-huh. getting a Happy Meal. There's a toy inside. He's not going to touch it. But like, I don't have to get one giant hamburger and medium french fries and split it between you three girls. Like, because that's what dad did. And I appreciate so much of what he did. But it did fuck with my head. And he still lives like a pauper. I mean, when I moved into the Bryker house, did Sackett mm-hmm. tell you? Mm-hmm. My neighbor called the cops on him when he, we were moving in because they thought he was homeless. <laughs> Your dad? My neighbor thought my dad was homeless. And he called the police on him because he was like rifling through, through the trash. What people don't know is that he's also... He's got his PhD in environmental or civil engineering. So he recycles everything. So every night he goes through the trash and he separates what is actually, he researches what the city of Austin is now accepting and looks oh, at the plastic. the sweetest thing in the world. Also, Someone called the cops on him? My neighbor thought he was homeless. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, I'm so embarrassed. I called the cops on your dad. And he was like, hello, Dr. Bowersock. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And dad goes, no, you're not the first one. <laughs> oh my god and i was like if we had a nickel dad was like we'd keep it in our pockets <laughs> oh, oh my god he's so so sweet dad's the best man he's my best friend in the entire world but he's definitely made money very tricky for all of us girls mm-hmm. so there you go great answer very long-winded that's what we're looking for. Okay. We it's got... all about childhood trauma, man. It all mm. goes back to childhood mm, trauma. Mm, 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 mm. Literally every, like, every thing that happens to me now where I'm, like, get really irrationally upset about something, mm-hmm. I'm, like, if I think about it long enough or I talk it out with, like, you or Joey or someone, I'm, like, oh, yeah, that's because childhood trauma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm so persnickety with my things. Mm-hmm. Like, Rachel will come over and she's, like, is it okay if I if I go into your makeup drawer? And I'm, like... Can I watch you do it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can. But just take a picture with your phone, like where the things are, and just don't mess it up. (laughs) And I don't give a shit if she uses it, but like just the idea, because my sisters used to go through my shit and steal it and hide it. Mm. And like, I I remember I had guest perfume and I spent $50 on it in ninth grade. It was like the thing. And then my sisters got mad at me and threw it and broke it mm. i was like that was my only thing and so like now i was like really particular and so rachel my friends respect those boundaries and i mean i'll literally give them the shirt off my back and buy them a car but don't fuck with my makeup <laughs> <laughs> you can wear all you want but if you put the mascara where the brush should be we're gonna have an issue <laughs> that's so funny and right and like from a like It makes no sense. It makes no sense when you look at it from the outside, not having any of the context. Right. But when you understand, like, the history behind that, you're like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I love that my friends get it. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just like, are you cool with it? Like, yeah, we're good. We're good. Just, just, (laughs) as long as I don't know that you did it, we're good. (laughs) Man, that's my motto, too. It's like, you can do it. Just, I just don't let me know about it. Exactly. (laughs) And then it won't be a problem. Don't be so truthful. (laughs) Just hide your mess behind something. I won't know. 
And then I won't care. It's how you do no your business harm. too, right? <laughs> don't tell me. Hide your mess. Guess what? <laughs> I don't care if you deal drugs. I don't care if you've got firearms. Just don't fucking tell me you're a drug dealer. And if you are a drug dealer, hats off. Just make sure your money is seasoned at least 60 days prior to <laughs> getting a loan so that we don't have to document your ill-gotten gains. <laughs> That's all. I feel you like that know. happens sometimes with managing people, too. They'll be like, so I did this. And I'm like, <laughs> that's cool. Don't tell me. Why, but you told me that now. And now I have mm-hmm. to deal with it. Now you're you encumbered. You not told me. Now you're encumbered. Then it wouldn't, mm-hmm. wouldn't be here. Would Keep it, it to mm-hmm. yourself. Just lie. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Words of I wisdom. think that's a hard lesson for some people to learn. And I know I'm, a, I'm like a, a rule follower. So it took me a little longer to realize, like, most people don't give a fuck if you break they rules, but you cannot tell them you're breaking the rule. You cannot come clean. Mm-mm. You cannot like, force if them so- to force their hand. Yes, exactly. Because, of course, they have to respond. Mm-hmm. Like, am I allowed to do this? They have to answer your question. Then the answer is no. And then you're like, well, fuck, i got to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, why don't you just yeah. do it? Ask for forgiveness. No, no, don't even ask for no, forgiveness. No, I mean, like, yeah, no. what's the word? I, I don't know. No, you you were right. So, ask for forgiveness, not permission. Not permission. Meaning, like, you don't bring it up until shit hits I would say you get in like, trouble. Oops. Exactly. My whole thing is, like, don't ask for forgiveness and don't ask for permission. <laughs> <laughs> even when Conrad handed it, wasn't me. <laughs> and never apologize. <laughs> Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Because when you apologize, you admit guilt. Something you wish someone, anyone, had told you years before you learned it. Oh, gosh. that I should have prepared for that. <laughs> I think I'm still learning. <laughs> like, I just, make mis- I just make mistakes and, like, corrections and errors. Like, what's one fucked up? Oh. <laughs> I know. Okay. Don't smoke anything at a Willie Nelson concert if you didn't bring it. <laughs> yeah beautiful um, don't that a t-shirt <laughs> sure Never. you should sell those t-shirts at willie nelson yeah. concerts could have been the worst day of my life uh. i thought birds were in my hair i had to leave early i tried to call an ambulance on myself <laughs> oh my it might have been opium it we don't know favorite sex toy Good. i don't have one Okay. We've had that answer before. No, I really don't. I mean, I'm on Zoloft because I have postpartum anxiety and I will get off Zoloft at 36 months, which kills your sex drive. And then two kids. What if one of them, I ran out of the batteries a long time ago. And then I was like, how do I dispose of this? (laughs) I didn't want to put it in the trash can. You didn't want to ask your dad. I also have wondered. (laughs) Can I recycle you should text. You should text Paul's mom. <laughs> Dad, it's a number six on the bottom. <laughs> In what category does this fall? Oh my! It's like, God. It's like the batteries when he comes and uh, collects all the batteries, so he can drive an hour out of Fort Worth to take him to the batteries oh. recycle plant. There's like a dildo recycling plant. <laughs> You know, I think there is like a recycling program where you can mail them into something. Well, I remember you when you just sell it, I'm sure. My best friend was moving it to Dallas and her parents were coming. She was like, Aaron, you need to get over here and move my things. I'm like, okay. I thought it was just going to be like purses. It was the biggest box of sex toys. Once, <laughs> once for the bathtub, 
ones for dry, one like cock, cock dinglers, ticklers. We had so much shit cock in there. Dinglers. And <laughs> I was like, no, I honestly counted. There were 13. And then I was talking to my friend. I'm like, what's the most amount of sex toys one could get like in trouble with? And because in Texas, there's those rules. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, four. And I'm like, I'm breaking the law. <laughs> so yeah, I had 13 in my car. Just riding dirty with my dildos. <laughs> <laughs> riding dirty with my dildos. That's another good one. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, I had one other thing I wanted to ask, and that is that you have gone through one of the craziest divorces I've ever heard about. Mm-hmm. And I believe you've reached like the state of healthy co-parenting mm-hmm. or a journey towards it. A journey. Do you want to tell us anything about? Yeah. I mean the process. How 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 long do you have? Do you want the I'll clip stay notes? here all night. Fuck, it was awful. So got pregnant and we got married in 2008. We had been dating for a year. His grandmother bought us a house because Paul drove by this house and was like, I want this house. And she's like, okay. In cash. And I remember she thanked me because I was like, I'll go ahead and get the homeowner's insurance. And she's like, oh, honey, you don't have to. We don't get insurance. What she meant was, poor people get insurance, rich people self-insure. Isn't that weird? Think about that. Really weird. No homeowner's insurance. Hmm. That's how they roll. Wow. Yeah, that's fucking crazy shit right there. And our marriage just—I mean, the money issue was awful. I remember we had like three hundred bucks in our account, and I was working my dick off, and he was at home smoking weed and blowing glass. And he was talking about these paintings he wanted. And they were like $20,000 for these six ugly ass fucking paintings. And I'm like, no, you haven't even made your car payment. Like, why would you buy that? You still owe your car payment. Thankfully, we never commingled funds. That's something that I'm grateful we never, ever did. I never co-signed for him. We never opened joint credit. We never opened a joint bank account. And it's because I, I think it's because I've seen so many marriages go sideways that I was just it, it wasn't even a discussion we never had the money discussion it was just that's yours that's mine okay fine whatever we did file our tax returns jointly which fucked me in the end we'll get to that later but thankfully we never commingled and never co-signed so you know with $360 I'm like we don't have a house payment but like go ahead and make that car payment buddy Come home. This is just one of the many times I came home to these paintings and I wanted to vomit. And I looked at him and I said, Where did you get the money? He was like, Don't worry about it. I'm like, Where did you get the fucking money, Paul? My grandmother. So, grandmother, while well, I'm still in student loan debt, gave him 20 grand and he decided to use it on himself. That's like the time he bought a $20,000 fucking bulldog when I said no more dogs in the house. I should have specified, while I'm pregnant, please do not spend $20,000 fucking dollars on another motherfucking dog. And then gaslight me when I get home and say that I hate animals. That was real bad, too. I think I can sum up my marriage as like, why are you yelling at me because you forgot my sandwich? (laughs) That's like, my God, so bad. And it's like, how was I that dumb? But when you're in it, your compass is off, right? Mm -hmm. You're not thinking, wow, this is really fucked up. Or if you are thinking it's fucked up, 
they make you feel crazy. He would make me feel crazy. And when you're in your 20s and 30s and they make you feel crazy, you're like, okay, I probably stepped over the line. People say I'm loudmouth and I'm overly opinionated. I probably did that to cause this. Fucking didn't. Let it go. Okay, it's easier to let it go than to continue to fight. The money was awful, 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 awful because we would really have nothing. And he would get large lump sums for something so selfish, like 50 grand for another dog or $100,000 for a barn that we didn't need. Well, I was paying for the groceries. I was paying for our health insurance. It just was a slap in the face. So that was real bad. And then, you know, I think the divorce was even worse (laughs) because when you divorce someone with a lot of money, you have to, and with trust, you have to do what's called bust the trust. And your attorney is ethically obligated to try to get as much money as possible or to do sufficient discovery is what it's called to make sure that you're not, or he's representing, he or she is representing you to your best interest, right? So we had to do the bust the trust. And in Texas, what that means is you have to figure out any loopholes and you have to do all your due diligence. Well, that in itself is five grand because you have to hire forensic accountants and attorneys and specialists to go through all of these trust documents. And it turns out, can't bust that fucking trust, but I still had to pay for it. And they were smart enough to make me use their CPA to file my tax returns because I was W-2 making 30 grand. Perfect. So Paul's K-1 and all of his trust income and all the interest was spun off so that they could put it through our returns and not have to pay and claim as much. I'm technically entitled to all of the interest that was spun off of those mm-hmm. K-1s, but because that trust is so complicated, I got nothing, and they used me for my low income because <laughs> I was fucking oh. pieces of shit. Again, poor people getting poorer. Rich people know all the shit, right? Because they have crazy. they have all the attorneys. And they feel entitled to it. And I didn't know any differently. I'm like, well, my sister usually does my taxes. I don't need to get fancy with this Lakeway dude. And she's like, no, it's fine, honey. You can just take your W-2. I did. I blindly and just trusting took all my documents to her CPA and her attorneys and handed over all of it. So that they could just use me as a write-off. So that was fucked up. That's so fucking... Not as fucked up as having a private investigator go through your trash. Yeah, where was your neighbor calling the cops then? Thank you. (laughs) Going through the trash. (laughs) Cutting in here for a quick note. Whenever you hear that little erasing sound, it means... The name's been redacted, and it's the same person's name throughout the entire rest of this episode. She's really terrible. So brace yourself for a few of those little erasing sounds. Court appointed as a guardian ad litem because when we got divorced, Paul then, within six months, turned around and tried to do a modification because he relinquished all of his parental rights and because he didn't want to take a drug test. Wow. Men are trash. Then his granny was like, oh, if you get Carrick back, I'll buy you this house in Kerrville, where now he currently lives. 
So she hired the best attorney. He only took a child back so that he could have a house bought for him? That is so upsetting. I know. Isn't that fucked up? But he's a great dad now. There's a journey. Here we go, though. It, it, this doesn't end as poorly as it starts, thankfully. So he modified the decree within six months, and the judge said, the standard is very high for a modification of child custody. We never fought over money because, well, we didn't have a fucking penny. There was never dispute over money. There was no halvesies. There was no property owned, no vehicle co-owned, like nothing. So we got divorced with an MSA, Mediated Settlement Agreement. I mean, I remember that I just kept saying, fine, take it. I don't give a fuck. And finally, the mediator came and she was like, okay, Aaron, the next time he asks for something, we're going to dig our heels in and you're just going to say no. I'm like, there's nothing that we have that's of any value. I just want this over with. She's like, no. Okay, we're going to play his game. Fine. She came in. She's like, okay. He wants the iTunes. I'm like, give it to him. She's like, nope, that's it. We have nothing left. (laughs) Oh, God. Like, I don't want to fight over the iTunes. I would have rather fought over the fucking sofa. She's like, we got to prove the point. I'm like, we're digging our heels on the iTunes. Oh, this is my life. <laughs> like, there were so many more things we could have done. Like, the dog. I would have rather had my dog. So we had fun with the iTunes. I got the iTunes. I got half the iTunes. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> For which I didn't even have the password. <laughs> so that was, that was a real shit show. Then he modified. And the judge is like, you're not a 50-50 parent. You don't take these drug tests. Don't do it. It cost me about... just to fight his grandmother to not take my child. Oh, my God. Because I was accused of working too much. I was also accused of taking him to the doctor too much. I was accused of helicopter parenting. I was accused of all sorts of horrendous things. All things regarding caring for your child. Still fuck with me all the time. Working too much and a helicopter parent. And also, if I'm having to fight someone with unlimited funds in court endlessly... I'm going to be forced to work. Yeah. Pick a lane. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is infuriating. They also had someone call and try to do a fake loan application to see if they could get me to stay late and take pictures of me working late oh as a single mother receiving no child support. And thankfully, when it was all recorded and this had to go to my attorney, I said, I only do late loan applications on Thursdays up until eight because my son is with his dad until 8. So the latest I can meet you is 6.30, but I must be home by 8. Had I said I can make an exception, I would have been fucked. So the court appoints a guardian ad litem during the interim before the modification hearing. Well, I Googled her. Mm-hmm. She's got a bad rating. Well, <laughs> 2.6. Well, she should have a negative. <laughs> so she is given the right to, during this time, determine education of your child, health care of your child. Yeah. She has all the rights of a parent. We have to ask her permission to do the shit. Right? So that already hurts my soul. He's my baby. It took me six years to get him here. I fought every fucking second to get him here and to keep him safe from his father. Paul was in a real bad fucking place. Real bad. And he was not in a healthy place at all. Untreated bipolar. It just self-medicated. It, it was just so horrible. The people that he was with in, in and out of the house, not a, not a good place. And I wasn't going to let my baby live there, which is why we left. It took him three weeks to notice that we were fucking gone. 
okay. That's the real thing that happened. He's like, are you coming home? I'm like, dude, I moved out. (laughs) Last month. Did you not see? Clearly he wasn't in good headspace. So this hits it off with Paul and his rich parents in Westlake in season in. Paul's very handsome. As he ages, he gets more handsome like a very fine wine. She develops a crush and starts to text Paul separately and not jointly. So she's, send, she's supposed to send communications to us together, either via email or text. So at one point during discovery, Paul accidentally, Paul's attorney wasn't paying attention because he had a junior attorney. Not me with Travis. Travis fucked them up. <laughs> Sent over all the discovery, and which included text messages from to Paul. Wishing him a happy Father's Day, a happy birthday, giving him heads up on when he's going to attend or when she's going to secretly set me up at Carrick's school, giving Paul status updates, giving his mother status updates. They went to dinner. They went to dinner together. That is extremely inappropriate. Mm -hmm. They went to dinner together and she told Paul that she would make sure, and Paul's mom, that he would get more custody of Carrick. So they paid her a lot of money. They paid her a lot of money. I don't know if there was anything sexual. I don't know if he fucked her, but I know she got paid a lot of money. And she also gave them advice on different things to do. She actually tried to get Carrick tubes for his ears when my doctor, who has a medical degree, said that he is not a candidate for ear tubes. I get a call from some fucking doctor wanting my insurance information. and I. I'm like, excuse me, who is this? This doctor so-and-so, we're scheduling your son's surgery. The fuck you are? I drove over there. My ears were so red. And I'm like, who authorizes? I'm his mother. And she ran to the back, and the doctor came out, and he was like, ma'am, you need to calm down. First off, that's where you lost me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I will not. Calm down. When has that ever made a woman calm down? Yeah. Just, just light that fucking fire. And then he said, some woman came in with your with the grandmother and the dad, and we're going to do your son's surgery on Friday. I was like, I will get a court order immediately and sue the fuck out of you. We're in a very embittered dispute right now. And he was like, okay. I was like, so you want nothing to do with this because I will fuck you up. How is that legal without the uh, both parents' permission? It's not. She was going to do it behind my back. Oh, is she still licensed? Yeah, that seems like an immediate like you lose your license. That she is no longer. The judge got it. The transcripts were clear as day, where she said, "Your services will no longer be needed." I never paid her a penny. She also tried to overbill me for like thirty six hours in a day. My attorney was like, "So explain to me your billing method." Well, I bill by the hour. So if you bill by the hour, how did you bill my client 36 hours in a day? And he's like, impressive. He goes, also, did you wish my client a happy birthday? (laughs) And she was just like, what? She was so confused. And she said, what? And he said, just can you answer the question? She said, no. Did you wish my client a happy Mother's Day? No. Did you go to dinner at a Chinese food restaurant with my client? And then thank her for paying the tab. Then she knew. Then she fucking knew that we fucking had her. 
cunt, stupid fucking bitch, called my neighbor, who called the cops with my dad, called my neighbor during the trial. Well, we had a fucking three-day trial, man. He went for it, showed up high as a fucking kite, and then failed a drug test day two of the trial, <gasps> lost all rights. Longer story there. Calling my, <laughs> she's calling my neighbor to try to get more shit on me when she knows that she's fucked. And that she just lost the shit that she promised to Paul and his mother. He couldn't even be clean for three days. He took dog opioids. He took dog opi opioids. He took all the shit from the dog. And then we had the drug testing guy. And Travis was like, Creon, you like your job, don't you? He said, yes. Yeah. He said, can you tell me what military time is? Couldn't. He's like, okay, so these two drug tests, one has military time, one does not. Which one did you do? It's like, well, that one's my handwriting. He's like, so military time, this is your handwriting or not? No. But that's your signature. I was falsifying those two. Oh, my God. I can't make it up. I can't make it up. This <laughs> is crazy. Like, taking my son to the doctor because he's had 104 fever. And she called the doctor to make sure the fever was really 104. And Dr. Griggs was like, why is this woman calling me? That's insane. That's so invasive. It still fucks with my brain. So when Emmy's sick, I second guess myself all of the time. And I, I, I mean, I've, I've been in so much therapy about it. And I hate it because first time mom with no help. I've got a drug addict husband with no family here. And if he's fevering at 104, fuck yeah, I'm going to take him to the hospital. If, if he's got hives and he's having labored breathing yeah i think he has rsv i'm gonna take him to the fucking hospital i'm not overdoing it i don't have whatever they were trying to say i had where you take your kid to the hospital too much mm -hmm. they said they were accusing me of that mm. and every time i took him to the doctor of the hospital he was diagnosed with a bilateral infection or pneumonia or an ailment it wasn't for funsies trust me like i'm trying to hold this family together. I wasn't doing it for fun. And I was always by myself. Paul never once came with me. He never once showed like one bit of interest in Carrick's health. Then they tried to say I was making up his asthma. It's just, it's so much. Gaslighting moms, though, like specifically, I yeah. feel like is something people do on the reg. I feel stupid when I take Emmy to the doctor and like there was nothing wrong. She was just had a virus. And I'm like, oh, I feel so stupid. The doctor's like, why? I'm like, so much trauma, I can't unpack it right now. <laughs> well, it's like I'm extra fucked up when it is a woman appointed by the state to have the best interest of the child. Mm -hmm. yep. And she clearly did not. She's the one that told them to hire a private investigator that went through my trash. Oh, my God. And make reports on everything she found. My mail, my prescriptions. There was a condom. And she took pictures of it. <gasps> And she, there were some wine bottles and corks. And there was my friend's Longhorn, Camp Longhorn cabin number that I wrote on a napkin so I could send the care package. And then some mail. This is just one of the many things. And the condom and the condom wrapper. And they were like, look, Erin is a drinking uh, whore, right? She's a drunk slut that sends care packages to her friend's kids in the summer. And Safe they, slut. They, yeah. <laughs> they put the date on there. And Travis was like, so there's like 20 cider cans and six bottles of wine and a condom and two packs of six. And I was like, 
dude, okay, here, here we go. Let me, I, I can tell you what happened. I was in Florida <laughs> with my friend Roxanne and Carrick. We went to Disneyland and I let my sisters and their friends mm-hmm. hang out at my house during South by oh, or whenever God. that there was some festival and I'm allergic to latex. I will literally die. So that's clearly <laughs> not my condom. And I wasn't even in the state. Here are the plane tickets. And he's like, I fucking love this so much. I'm like, I'm glad you do. <laughs> oh, my like, God. I'm glad you think this is funny. Like, what I was cannot... the call to your sisters? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Because we don't talk about sex. Ever, ever, ever. Your condoms got me in trouble. So I called my cool sister first, Tate, and Tate's married. I'm like, Tate, okay. Because they knew I was being followed. And I was like, hey, when y'all were at the house, I'm not mad, but did you have sex with your husband? She's like, probably. (laughs) I'm like, okay. So you used the condom. Okay, good. Can you just... Tell Travis that that was your condom. She's like, dude, we're married. We don't have condoms. She's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You're going to have to call Julianne. What if Julianne had sex? You're going to have to tell her. And I'm like, no, no. She's so awkwardly robotic. Tate's like, I'm not doing that. I'm like, you're her twin. Just ask her. (laughs) She's like, nope, nope, not fucking doing it. It's going to get weird. And I have to live with her. So I had to call Julianne. I'm like, Julianne. I, hats off. I think you should be. Clyde, you see protection. I just need you to call my attorney. Just own it. She's like, I need you to call my lawyer and tell him you had she's sex. She's like, I didn't have sex. I'm like, I don't, like, we're not judging. I'm not going to tell mom and dad. Also, you're 34. Yeah, I was going to say, how old are you? <laughs> she's like, AK, it wasn't me. I'm like, oh, fuck. David, my tenant, little David. I'm like, I think I might have to call my tenant who lives in my tiny house and ask him if he got laid while I was out of town. This just keeps getting fucking better. Oh, oh shit. I'm like, okay. So I call David. I'm like, hey, can you come over to the house after work? He's like, yeah, is everything cool? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. We're good. <laughs> chill, chill, chill. So he gets there. He's like, what's up? I'm like, do you want a beer? He's like, why? Why are you being nice to me? Because usually it's just me bitching. Like, why did you do this? Clean up this? Like, the house looks like shit. Like, okay. I've got to ask you a question, and I'm so, so sorry. He's like, okay. Like, whatever it is, I'm sorry. I'm like, did you use a condom for sex? He's like, so, okay. I, I just didn't want to be a bad influence on Carrick. And I know that it's really important for you to have a, a good real, male role model because his dad's a piece of shit. So I don't bring girls around when he's here. And I did take advantage of the time that you and Carrick were gone. And I definitely had some sex, but it was safe sex. And she didn't like go into your home. I was like, no, 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 no. It's, even, it's okay. Even if she wore my outfits, I don't care. <laughs> Can you call my attorney and just tell him <laughs> that not only did you have the sex, but you smoked the cigarettes? He's like, yeah, I smoked all those. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, what about the cider? He's like, yeah, well, all mine. We all got, we got shit face. They're all your sisters too. Like, we had a great time. I'm like, <laughs> oh gosh, thank you. Can you just, just tell that to Travis? Because they pointed that picture out in court. Condoms. And That's just so to say fucking I'm a gross. shitty, slutty mom. That's so fucking gross. And then gross. my... 
my poor tenant had to testify with his hand on a Bible that that <laughs> was, in fact, his condom and his cider cans and his wine. This is the craziest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> Absolutely. But can you, I want. I do want to hear with the, the drug the happy, test. I want to hear the good. The, that he okay. failed in court. Okay. Co-parenting. Oh, to wrap it up. Yeah. So he's $86,000 in arrear in child support because rich people don't have to pay child support, turns out. Mm. Don't even get me started on my soapbox of why I have to pay a $100 fee, $150 fee to the Attorney General's Office of the State of Texas. Why? Why did I get a, why did I get a delinquency notice? Because in January, they charge everyone who is required to register to the Attorney General's Office to pay or receive child support. They have, you have to pay $150 every January, each parent, for their services rendered. So I called this motherfucker. And I said, I got a bill. And can you tell me what it's for? Services rendered, ma'am. Okay. Have you, have you looked at my account? No. Okay. Here's my last name. These are the last four digits of my social. This is the account number. Why don't you log in and tell me what services were rendered? Well, it's because we process the, the receipt of child support and the payment of child support. And we have to keep the logs. I'm like, again, log into my account. Verify what services were rendered. And you could just hear, I'm just like, because I'm, I'm like waiting to... Like, let it drop, like, negative 86,000 fucking dollars, this motherfucker owes. And he just kind of got quiet. Well, ma'am, I'm like, I'm, I'm not paying it. Let's just cut through all of what we're about to say. I'm not going to pay it. No services were rendered. I don't know what the job is of this entity in Texas, but I don't know how other people pay it. He's like, well, usually we just take it in January from the payments. I'm like, okay, so you take it from single parents that need it you take it for your services and if your partner is in arrears you're just gonna bill them hit my fucking credit guess what because i got a guy that's gonna fucking remove it but like that's i digress the good parts so fucked up. the, the good, good part. parts okay so we're kind to each other he doesn't cross my threshold i have my boundaries we're nice to each other and i am pleased to report that he suggested that carrot go to camp and I, was, I said, okay, so I registered Carrot for camp, and it's very fancy and expensive, but it's going to be great for Carrot, and it's in Kerrville, which is next to his dad. Paul is now healthy and clean, and he's living a sober lifestyle. We chat. We're friendly. He's got a fiancé, a baby, and it, they're magical together, and it's such a good, positive, feminine vibe mm. from his partner, and it's, it's really changed him, and I absolutely love Des. So, I never expected him to actually pay for half a camp. Why would he? Like, I never, I never get on his ass about child support. We just don't talk about it because I need for us to be on a level of acceptance and maturity so that Carrick can have a healthy co-parenting experience where he doesn't feel like he can't talk about me or Paul together. So we do things together as a family and we get along. That's him. So yesterday... I get a Venmo thing, and I thought it was, like, my cousin that's like, sorry, Ranslate, because I sent him some, like, bitch, where's my money? <laughs> and he's like, whoops. And all of, like, every time he sends Ran, it's like, whoops, sorry, <laughs> won't happen again. Smiley face and laugh. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so funny. I, I was like, okay, it's Steve. Paul, Venmo me a 1000 U.S. dollars. And then he texts me. He said, hey. I just sent you $1,000, and if it's cool with you, can I give you the other half next month? 
Okay. Is this for child support? No, for it's for the camp. Oh, for the camp. But, but it's something. The point is like we're not at each other's throat and we are agreeing on something for the well-being and for the sake of Carrick. And it gave me such a happy feeling, which is so dumb. Like it's not about the money. Yeah. It was about the the style of communication that we've that we've evolved. And so it's a constant evolution of parenting and maturity. It, I mean, we have our setbacks, but as long as we're both trying to evolve for what's best for Carrick, I mean, I'm just so grateful and appreciative. And I was just bragging about it to Carrick and like, Carrick, your dad did the coolest thing. And I was just like, I'm going to cry because it's just been really fighting hard. And I just feel like I've let Carrick down a lot. It was just like that small act of kindness from Paul. Maybe it was him saying sorry. Or just acknowledging that I've really worked hard to provide for Garrick. It was just it's a huge thing. And it even could have been like $10. But the fact that he was kind and, and receiving and gracious. and It's been a really long time coming. No. Mm. Yeah. And I'm not cry. <laughs> Not a cryer, but it's just like I could take a breath, and maybe he won't try to modify again. Mm. Maybe his grandmother won't give him money to try to carry. You know, maybe we're just really past it. You know, maybe I'm done having to prove myself. That's that's really good. And after all the bad, it was you know I learned throughout everything. Everything was just a lesson. And that's how I had to do it. It's like God. Or, as my dad said, God, or whoever he, she, they, the may or may not be, that higher power was putting me in these positions, I think, so that I could be a better person to my friends, mm. a better advocate for my buyers, and a better understanding of really what it feels like to have, to feel insecure about your marriage or your money or your children or your well-being and just to be more empathetic because up until then my life was fucking linear i mean my dad's a weirdo but like i had a very linear life and this really just came all at one time and in the most horrible way and just the fact that paul and i are now able to have a happy joyful conversation and not fight and not have that sick feeling when i see him calling or texting where i literally just have to take a breath and not look at what horrible things he's going to say to me i haven't had that and i don't think i'm gonna have it anymore and mm. if i do i'm just gonna look at it like okay it's a setback but i know that this feeling and this evolution to where we are the day he sent that money we're gonna be back there and carrick will be safe with him you know and it's the safety of carrick and now i know i can breathe mm. that That's was it that's an amazing transformation. And you stuck out so many years of really, really miserable situations. Mm -hmm. I'm endlessly impressed with you. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. agreed. I mean, you can thank Paul. <laughs> Fuck Paul. No, you no. did this. <laughs> if I'm thanking anyone, it's Carrick. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can tell you this. I never throw my... I, I've never... I mean, I never throw my trash away now without, <laughs> without thinking, like, how much trouble will this get me in? That's I, brilliant. There's not a day. Shred everything. I don't 
there is not a day I don't think twice about what I'm about to put in my trash. Oh my god, Austin that woman fined for burning trash in backyard. <laughs> I even left a note with a private investigator who was a woman, and I caught her, and I have her on camera, and I on camera when she was sitting outside my house. I'm like, can I help you? She's like, oh, I'm sorry. I just I'm trying to get my work done before I go home. And I just had to park and send an email. I'm like, trust me, I get it. And I'm holding Carrick. I've got a crazy ex-husband. And I'm just on high alert right now. And I've got to protect my baby. And I just feel uncomfortable when cars that I don't know are parked in front of my house for any period of time. And I understand, trust me, I'm a single mom, how important it is to get your shit done before you get home. But I don't feel comfortable with you in front of my home. But you can go anywhere else. That was the private investigator. Wow. <laughs> and I got her license plate on camera and I looked up all her shit. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that is the end game of fucking feminism, oh right? Wait until I go in, into bed and digging through my fucking trash. I digress. See, that's, this is the problem. It's like, <laughs> you have so it's many crazy like, stories. I can't go back there because then I'm not in that state of evolution and i'm not in that conscious state that allows me to be okay with what happened and to put that in the past and learn from it mm -hmm. it makes me angry and i can't be in that angry state because it happened for a reason right well you'll be pleased to know that still awful and someone left a terrible review for her do you want yes. me to read it to yes you? please yes please what? <laughs> oh, yes okay so Steve i Reynolds do go through these <laughs> said Probably the worst guardian in litum, ad litum, litum that I have ever experienced. Worked for the money and based all decisions on who paid her the most instead of what was best for the children. Completed interviews and court ordered written reports slash recommendations that she sub subsequently flipped on in the middle of her testimony without any changes in circumstances or facts. She only expressed her dissatisfaction about not receiving timely payments. Do not use her. Do not trust her. And then he had an addendum after she like replied to him. He said her reply below only serves to underscore how demented and delusional she is. She gave no consideration to my grandchild's mental health and well-being. Sold out to the highest bidder without a moment's hesitation. Do not use her and definitely do not trust her. I find that oh helpful. Seven people liked it. <laughs> I'm going to go in and like it. Too. I'm going to go like that one. See, that's the state, and you don't get to choose. That's insane. That's so fucked it's up. These, it's these therapists that get on the list, and they round-robin them. And so you don't get to choose the guardian ad litem. Mm -hmm. And people like that will take charge of the well-being of your children. Mm. That's insane. That's horrifying. Mm -hmm. Aaron, thank you so much Sorry, for joining no. us. Apologize for all the things. <laughs> now, it no, you don't no, apologize. No, no. no. Yeah, you're right. Condolences. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely kills me that we are going to be editing this at all. Because every moment of this conversation was lovely and helpful and really? informative thank you. and empowering. Yeah, I was going to say, you could just be a forever guest. <laughs> oh, I would yeah. love that. Y'all wouldn't. You should just join the, yeah, just join the podcast. I would yeah, love to join in. the vagina crew. Yeah. Join the vagina crew. You're called a vagina? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the vagina. <laughs> Thank y'all for having me. This is, I was stressed out because I wasn't prepared and I didn't want to let anyone down and I feel like mortgages Ooh, are so boring. None of us never. are prepared. I, I literally will show up sometimes and be like, what are we, what are we supposed to do? 
one what time, book were we supposed to read? One time she read the wrong book. I did read the book one. The but you fucking book. read. I know I didn't read it. I was reading the clip notes to the wrong book. And I was like, hey, Becca, I'm reading the clip notes. Don't worry. And Becca was like, that's the wrong I love so you yeah, this don't much ever, more now. Don't ever feel like you need to prepare for us at all. Well, I hope no. that anything I said was valuable. All, all of it. it. All of it. I, I tend to digress and like my ADD is so off the fucking charts. <laughs> okay. Yay. All right. We're closing it up. We're closing up shop. That's what she said. We're closing up shop. I wish mine would close sometimes. Crossing our legs uh, on this night. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. More than anything, thank you, Aaron, for sharing the bounty of wisdom that you've given us tonight. It's bountiful. We are all so grateful to have you here and in our lives. And may everyone be so lucky as to find an advocate like this in their corner at some point in their life. Everyone should have an Aaron on their side. So my friends are trying they're like where do we find the the vagina finance mm. i'm like it's the vaginians and is it on spotify is it on, on wondery is it on apple like how can people like myself who don't know how to do the podcasting things i just know that wondery and cereal so how do people <laughs> we're not affiliated with cereal in particular how do people get we actually here? only put how to find our podcast in your trash and then people have to <laughs> dig through it to find it includes it includes latex <laughs> asbestos 